Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And on this episode, we have Danielle. She reached out to us. I believe she may have heard me on Sapphire's podcast, if I'm not mistaken, but she can correct me if I'm wrong there. Danielle, thanks so much for coming on Real Hauntings. Thank you so much for having me. This is, um, I did come over from Sapphire's podcast. She actually uh, has been a long, like a long time listening for me. And then I've been binging y'all's podcast ever since. So, Oh my God. Ooh. Awesome. So well, that's awesome. what we like to hear. Yeah. Sapphire is super cool. Um, she's become a great ally in the hauntings world, especially if I have any questions on the creative side. She is super gifted uh, with all the animations and everything she does. It's very, very cool. You know, we love to find out at the beginning of the podcast where people fall on the believe meter Zero meaning ghosts are not real. Ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I fall at like a nine and a half. So I 100% believe that they're real. But I also believe that if we put our energy and our thoughts and our focus into something, we can make something out of nothing. Beyond ghosts, like just kind of like manifesting certain things? or mm -hmm. Well, let's jump into it. Now, I believe your stories are going to be about your father's home. Is that correct? Yes. So my dad's house has kind of a history just within my family. Um, it's been in my family for 80 years now with the newest part of it being 60 years old. So it's all in all pretty, pretty old of a house. Several generations have lived in it, including mine. And currently my uh, aunt and my cousins live in it still. And all of you have experienced some kind of paranormal activity in there? Every single one of us, even the most non-believer experienced something as well. Wow. Uh, maybe we need to ship JJ over there for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be interesting <laughs> for sure. Weekend at the haunted house. <laughs> well, they are in Mississippi, so they're probably not. Yep. Are they uh, closer to New Orleans or what, what part of Mississippi? Closer to Memphis. So like Memphis. North Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's close to where I'm from, then. Are you going to be starting with your earliest haunts in the house or the story of the home? Where did this all kind of begin? So I wanted to start with the story of the home just to give it a little bit of background. And then I was going to go through what I've experienced and then what some of my family members have experienced um, because it's it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, awesome. So my this house is in northern Mississippi, as I previously mentioned, and that's the area of North Mississippi where it had like a lot of Native Americans before it was colonized. And so there's a bunch of mounds that we refer to as Indian mounds around there. And it, the house is kind of sitting on one. And then 200 yards from it is the graveyard where my great grandparents and all of my prior family above that is buried as well. So a lot of like possible burial sites because Indian mounds have this one specifically hasn't been confirmed to have any burials in it it just looks like all the other ones mm -hmm. so it's sitting right on the top of it and it's a straight rectangle with when you walk into the house uh, whichever way you walk into it front door or side door you can make a full circle and you'll walk through every room of the house um, starting in the kitchen you'll walk through to the dining room then to the living room then to a bedroom make a right hallway my bedroom so the furthest from the living room 
uh, make a right again, heater room, bathroom, middle bedroom that I used as like a playroom when I was a kid. And then finally my brother's re- bedroom, which is right next to the kitchen, which is the entrance. So just a big circle. Mm-hmm. And the part that I slept in, so where my bedroom was, it was part of the newest part, but it was 60 years old. And it was also my great grandmother's bedroom. With my bedroom being the furthest from the entrance um, and my great-grandmother's bedroom, it was very used. So there was a lot of repairs that needed to be done, but it had these two doors entering it in a corner. And then on the walls that didn't have doors on them, there was three huge windows. So two windows next to each other on one wall and then one window by itself on the other. And how I slept was with my bed under the two windows because it was the furthest from any door. Um, Directly across from it was the door into the heater room, which started that cycle through the house. And I had all these dolls. (laughs) My grandmother. Oh, yeah. The porcelain dolls with the scary faces. I have collections (laughs) of them right now in my storage. (laughs) Like old vintage ones? Mm -hmm. Well, my great-grandmother collected them and passed them down and then passed them down and then passed them down. And I just... I can't have them out. They stay in boxes. They're probably yeah. worth worth a good bit. They're probably. probably they're also probably pretty angry in those boxes. Don't talk about that like that. My storage <laughs> room is like right yeah. off my bedroom. I have to sleep next to that tonight. Also, we've been told not to talk bad about dolls. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so and there's one that I actually liked. It wasn't porcelain. It was just a plastic doll, but it was set up like a porcelain doll that has set on a seat. And I slept with this. And so I would put it on my bed. Well, when I grew out of that phase, I didn't want to disrespect it because I had heard enough horror stories to know better. And so I put it on this little park bench that was made for dolls by the heater room door. So this would be directly across from my bed. And I was cleaning my room one day. I put it by the door. The heater room door is open. And we used to have one of these really old wood heaters. So it would get really hot. So that door was constantly moving. Well, it was cracked just a bit to let heat in. I went into the living room completely out of sight, out of mind of my bedroom, couldn't see anything. I go back in there to grab something um, before we were leaving. And my doll is now on the bed sitting up correctly by my pillows. And I kind of grabbed my stuff and noped out of my bedroom, (laughs) didn't say anything (laughs) about it. And then when we got back home, I put it back on the park bench. And then I went to eat or went to hang out with somebody or something. I left my bedroom again. And when I went back into it, this time the doll was face down. Um, hey dad, can I sleep on the couch? And I slept on the couch every night since. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. Would you even like, I, I mean, like, did you ever go into your room for, for anything or did you just kind of avoid it altogether? Um, broad daylight with all of the lights on. That uh-huh. was it. For a very, wow. very, very long time. Um, recently, with my dad moving out of it, I've been into the room a few times, but it still just has the eerie feeling to me. And how old were you when that uh, initially happened? I was like eight or nine. And then as I got older, I felt like a shadow in the room with me. And so I would get like petrified with fear and I would have my, I had a purple, a thick purple comforter and I would like pull it up to my eyeballs. So I couldn't see anything. And I would be so petrified that I couldn't move. I couldn't look at anything. I couldn't do anything. And the mm-hmm. one time I was brave <laughs> enough, yep. um, I moved my eyes to look, in at, uh, look around and without blinking, there was a red eyes, a set of red eyes amongst a huge shadow right at the foot of my bed in line with the heater door no yeah Mm -hmm. um that was the next nope couldn't i bet 
it was like those moments that you were probably so terrified, even if you were like dripping sweat because it was so mm-hmm. hot. You were like, I mm-hmm. am not coming up for air. Nope. I was like, I didn't sleep those nights, most nights. And I would always go home because at this time my parents were divorced. So I spent weekends at my dad's. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go home and I would be so exhausted at my mom's. And she's like, what is wrong? Nothing, nothing. Cause I loved my dad so much and I would never Mm -hmm. say anything to anybody. So I didn't want to like ruin that. It was so bad. I know that feeling. I still, as an adult, I like have to kind of have my feet tucked under the blanket. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like I'm very specific. I'm like, my borders when I'm sleeping mm-hmm. Noah or JJ are y'all anything like this uh no I my feet gotta breathe Ugh. so you can just sleep with your feet like hanging out off yeah. the bed yeah and I think well something's gonna reach up and grab you I know right I think too for like a very long time growing up my my feet like my bed was too short for my body so my like if you know unless I like have my like knees kind of folded in my feet would like hang off the bed so you know I have to have a comforter year-round like I keep the mm-hmm. air on like 68 year-round like I have to be I have to have it cold outside of the blankets and I have to be under a heavy blanket and I have to have a cuddle pillow so when like the ghosts touch you you can't really notice the difference because your room's already cold no <laughs> Oh, just, I don't know. It's just like a creature comfort. And I have to have a white noise machine mm-hmm. now. I used to not be that way, but I we just random YouTube videos. Yeah. Our, we, we just got an air purifier that also mm. makes noise and it's been really nice. We also fall asleep to Star Trek. Podcast. Yeah. Really 90s Star Trek is the ultimate white noise machine for us. With the activity you had in your room, do you have any thoughts of what type of entity or who was causing the commotion in your room i honestly think it was a demon and with i with the religious background of my family i wouldn't be surprised because of how everything under the house looks so i got curious one day and i went under the house and there's a bunch of like it just looks odd under where my room is because that was an add-on at a later date so it looks completely different like build wise but it also just looks kind of sketchy and so (laughs) i there's so many odd things about this house and like where the house is that I stopped questioning everything because I'm like okay that's just how it is because it is so odd like none of the bricks match up just for my room whenever there was several rooms added on like two closets and a a whole nother like front room but only my room looks different like from the bottom uh, like Mm -hmm. devil's feng shui going on I guess that's the only thing I can think of and then all of the rooms were blessed but they started from the door when the priest did it way back this was way before me this is a story that my great-grandmother told me when the priest did it he started at the front door and ended in that bedroom interesting catholic or i'm not 100 percent sure i believe it was baptist but i could be wrong yeah because that that graveyard that's 200 yards or 200 feet from my dad's house is a baptist church like right next to it do you kind of feel like your house was built on a cemetery or at least over graves i mean i feel like that wouldn't have been uncommon so fun yeah. story if you google the name of the cemetery and try to like pull it up on google maps to go to it it puts the pin at my dad's house rather than the cemetery Whoa. so what we're thinking is there was a lot of stuff that got shifted around at one point before the house was built and so what we think possibly happened but none of this is documented we can't find any anything anywhere about it was that the church moved over to a bigger lot of land and we bought that lot of land. Like my family back there bought the lot of land and built a house on it. So Mm. that's 
that's what we think happened um there's just an energy about the place that's not normal and I've lived in several places and I've never experienced this anywhere else that I've lived in Mississippi and Florida and Georgia wherever and it's just something I'll never forget the photo actually is what I was going to go on next that photo is from the night that I braved to look around I had like an iPhone 5 at the time and at that time uh, Snapchat had just released its front facing front facing flash excuse me And with that, I was Snapchatting one of my friends and I was so scared and I was telling them that I was scared. So I took the front facing flash, just laid it flat on my bed and just did it up to the roof. So that hard line is where the wood paneling on my wall ends. And then above that is supposed to be ceiling tiles. So if you Google like older ceiling tiles, it's quite literally just like the the tile floor that's in some places just made out of foam on the roof. And you can't see any of the lines or anything. And the next photo I took was just normal. You could see all the lines. You could see the wood paneling on the wall. There's nothing hanging from my ceiling either. So if you look in the middle of the top, there's kind of that hard, dark line. I don't know what any of this is. So what do you think that was? I think that that might have been whatever dark entity was in that room. Like I said earlier, I thought it was a demon. Um, But I think it was whatever that was leaving and all of the energy trying to put itself back. But besides that, there's no other photo that's come out like that in that house, whether it was day or light or day or dark. Um, So that's a photo that even my family to this day are like floored on. They don't know what it is, how it happened or anything. Um, I don't think I sent you the next photo, but the next photo, you can see all the grid lines perfectly, just like you were looking at uh, paper. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey y'all, it's Noah Daniels, and oh boy, I just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough, and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So you had activity going on in your room. What were some of the things that the other people in the house were experiencing? So my brother, his room was right off the kitchen and everybody else's room was on the other end of the house. So my room was right next to my dad's room. And in the kitchen, there was this really old linoleum laid down and it was all one big piece. And if you walked across it in house shoes, no matter how you picked your feet up or you set them down or anything like that, you can hear like the the rubbing of the plastic soles on the floor. Well, my stepmom was notorious for wearing house shoes around the house. And most everybody else ran around in socks because of the sounds that it would happen um, in the house shoes. And he thought he heard my stepmom in the kitchen doing something and he couldn't sleep. So he got up to say, hey, I can't sleep. I have a headache. Can you give me some medicine? Because he was like nine at the time. Standing there at the stove as if they were like, sauteing onions or something so like shaking a pan and stirring with the other hand is my great-grandmother that had passed away three days prior he he made it through the kitchen around the dining table over a chase lounge and into my dad's room in like two seconds so i mean he was nine Mm -hmm. i I guess he probably just wanted to get away right he didn't try to interact at all not at all yeah um he said it was like when he walked into the room they didn't my great-grandmother at the time didn't turn and look at him or anything and when he realized what he was looking at he just took off he wasn't staying around did he tell your dad when that happened yeah he was like alligator gear alligator tears crying um i walked into the bedroom because he woke me up just trying to explain it we tried we finally got him calmed down and he told us and we all went and looked in the kitchen and there was nothing there anymore Can you imagine if she was just still in there cooking i probably would have done the same thing <laughs> that he did turned around and ran at the time because i was what seven and and what was your dad's opinion on that he was a very non-believer mm-hmm. so he's the tough cookie to crack and it ends up cracking at a few years ago when my grandmother died his mom died and at the time, we had someone close to us who said that after she had seizures, she could see stuff. She could see spirits, talk to them, interact with them. I was a non-believer. I was very, like, against it. Like, there's no way. That's not possible. Well, one weekend, I was over there, and she had a seizure. And me, my dad, and my stepmom at the time um, was holding her, keeping her from, like, scorpioning. So, like, her toes touching the back of her head because that's the kind of seizure she would have. Um, so, we were oh. holding her in place. Yeah. It was bad. So she always had to have people around her. So if she had a seizure, she was okay. And so we helped her. And then she was coming out of it and everybody was giving her some space and she starts laughing. Nobody has said anything. And I'm like, what are you laughing about? And she says, you aren't bleeding. You aren't dying. Get up. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I've heard that. I've heard that phrase from someone. Where have I heard that? My late grandmother said it. And she said that later, whenever, like, I left the room as well, and then she followed us out to the living room because we were in one of the bedrooms when she was having her seizure. Um, And we sat down, and she's like, she points to my dad, and she goes, your mom just said that to me. Is that something that she would have, like, already known that that was the thing that your grandmother had said? Like, had she heard your grandmother say that before? 
my grandmother had already passed for several years before she ever came into like being a family friend, but I was still skeptical mm-hmm. it gets even better. She comes and she gives me a hug. I have never hugged this girl before. Family friend, not super close to me. I've never hugged her before in my life. She comes and she gives me a hug shortly after when everybody starts mingling around again and the the excitement of what happened had died down a little bit. And she whispered something in my ear that I had only ever told this grandmother. Like I had, I had a pretty tra- uh, traumatic childhood. And one night my dad had come and gotten me from my mom's and took me to this grandmother's house. And then he was calling the law to see what he needed to do due to the custody battle that was in place right then. And I told my grandmother something that I only intended to tell the police, but I needed to tell somebody. And to this day, she is still the only, well, until 2021, whenever it all came out, she was the only person that knew about it. This girl, family friend, whispered what I had told my grandmother in my ear. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Right. This family friend who like would have probably been the last person you would have ever even thought to tell this to. And this isn't something like I used to write stuff. This is something I never wrote down because I was terrified of anybody seeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, traumatic, super traumatic childhood. It's all played out now. Um, But it was a super huge secret to me that I did not I did not tell my mom. I did not tell my dad. I didn't tell anybody. I told my grandmother because I was terrified and I was shaking and I was crying and I was waiting for the police to come. When they showed up, they basically said, well, since you took her talking about me across the county line, you're going to go to jail talking to my dad. So nothing happened that night. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is that kind of stuff blows my mind. Yeah. I was like, I never thought, because I had heard stories about this individual talking to people and seeing stuff, and she saw a lot of stuff in this house, and I didn't believe any of it until that moment, and then it was like a huge bomb had went off because she saw my great-grandfather, my pitball AC, following my dad around like a mirror, and my dad would have all of his hip pains and all of his shoulder pains from when my the, the surgeries my great-grandpa had, and then whenever my dad was told that my great-grandfather was following him around he literally just said just leave me alone I'm fine and all of his pain went away and she said that from then on out there was a chair that was my great-grandfather's that was in the house from then on out he just sat in that chair and just kind of watched everybody wow she saw what was in my uh bedroom (gasps) yeah she saw and she said it was it looked like a demon it was just a big black shadow with red eyes and my pepal ac my grandmother who was my dad's mom um and some random other person and he only referred to himself as b and we like we asked like we would try to get his name so we could go and like honor his grave but he only said his name was b they all three would go into my room and tell this thing that nobody wants it here and that it needs to leave all the time and then it finally left so as we kind of like come up on our time, I did want to make sure that we heard the story um, about your stepmom because I thought that was pretty um, oh, yes. interesting too. So um, a quick other story that'll help with that one is my grandmother passed away and I was at my dad's house. So my my dad's mom and I was, we were all in the living room sharing stories about my grandmother and my dad's room has this really old hardwood floor in it. And if anybody walks across it, even like a little chihuahua dog, the floor creaks. So at the Mm. the slightest pressure, it creaks. We're all sitting there and we hear the floor creaking like someone is walking up and then it stops. And we're all looking at each other because everybody in the house is in this room. 
and then I felt a cold presence next to me like on the left seat and you could kind of see like where someone was sitting there Hmm. we theorized that it was my grandmother so my stepmom recently passed away it's coming up on two years three years now since she's passed away and she actually passed away in this house very unexpectedly and it, it was it was definitely a loss in my family but she was so loved and she's so remembered it's crazy um, but since then, there's not been any creaking. The cabinet doors that would fly open at random times and then fly closed whenever, you know, we say, hey, cut it out. All of that stopped. There, it's so eerily quiet that a mm. lot of people couldn't stay there. And that's why my dad moved out. He just couldn't stay there anymore. Mm. That's that's since your stepmom passed away? Yes, since she passed away. So that it's like the paranormal activity kind of left with her presence? Yeah, it's like she's there keeping the house safe and making sure uh, that nobody's messing yeah. with it anymore. I was going to say, or yeah, she knew to stay and protect y'all. But my also- cousin that lives there, she can see stuff as well. And she saw my stepmom. She'll see, she'll catch glimpses of her walking around the corner, like into another room. And by the time she gets there, she can't see anything, but she'll see her walking around. Have you ever had any like paranormal investigators or mediums come over? It's very taboo in the town that this house is in. Anything like this is super taboo. And my dad has reached out to a few people, but like the closest people are in Memphis or over in Alabama. And they don't want to come all the way to this very small town to do such a thing. So we are still looking for someone to come out there. But also with the unexpectedness of my stepmother's death, my dad has certain questions that he doesn't necessarily want answers to. It was very unexpected and very weird, like a very questionable situation. And so he has questions, but he doesn't want to know the answer to them because if it's the wrong answer, it's going to break his heart. I got you. And because of all of this, do you think this inspired your interest in the paranormal? It's something that I've always been interested in since I was a kid because of stories from like what my mom's experienced and like Mm -hmm. what she's witnessed. And so that started the growth. And then I started witnessing stuff and seeing stuff and I was dreaming things and they would happen. And so I was like, well, all this is going on. Something's got to be going on. And then I started experiencing all these situations from um, late childhood, early teenage years at my dad's house. And at that point, I was like, there's no way that there's not something else out there. Like spirits have to exist. I have to. What? How else do you explain all of these things? Is there something that you do every day? Um that sounds weird, but I mean, not weird, but we like, we have, you know, friends and mediums that come on and they're like, well, we say this mantra every day, or it's a prayer or like I protect and a protection kind of thing. Do you do anything like that every day? I do. I meditate every morning just to help me have like a, a more peaceful mind. Um, and during that, I have a mantra that I typically repeat just for like my protection my family's protection my safety my partner's safety and all of like what's in my household's safety mm-hmm. um because I know that there's stuff out there that's bad and I do don't mind, want it getting closer do you mind sharing it in case anyone's listening and going through similar things um well the focus of my meditation changes and so it it dictates my chant or my mantra a little bit 
but uh, I'm not necessarily religious, so I don't go to like God or Jesus or anything, Mm -hmm. but I send it out to the universe, you know, protect this house, bless my family, protect those I care about. Um, And that kind of varies through that stuff. Just repeating those few lines, protect my family, my friends, my, my animals, because I have three of them. So they're on my list too. Oh yeah. Um, Protect this house, protect my dad's house, my grandmother's house, my brothers, my sisters, so forth and so on. And I go through like everybody that I hold near and dear. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I just realized I never asked for protection for my animals. Maybe I'm a bad person. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's what that is now. Yeah. Yeah, you said yeah really fast there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to make a joke about your dog that ate my Chaco, but then I felt bad. Hey, look, we're just enjoying our bird feeders right now. We actually, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but we have a bird's nest next to our front door. And we actually been meaning to take it down and uh, we just didn't. And uh, the, the birds came back, you know, that made it before we moved in. And so now there's four baby birds and uh mommy and mommy and a mama and a daddy uh bluebird uh that bring them worms and stuff every day. It's really fun to watch. The baby birds are like uh, adorable. You just watch it looks like little dinosaurs. You just see like these beaks just chomping yes. up every time we walk by. Oh. And God forbid you step out to get an Amazon package or something because you get like a top gun style flyby to the <laughs> I've oh, literally yeah. screamed three times running back in the door, knowing that it's like fine, but it just always surprises me. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm scared. Yeah. Yes. There's bird poop everywhere. Like, I hate to say it, this is going to be their last year there, but we really enjoyed it, especially with <gasps> our kid. But uh, well, yeah, it's just sure, bird poop everywhere. Make sure they get past fledgling season and get flying and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then move the nest. But let the babies get on their way. They grow so fast. They've already like got most of their feather. Anyway. Again, not interesting, but just uh, uh, inter- very interesting. interesting big, big bird people over here. <laughs> well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. Yeah. Those were very yeah. personal, very interesting for people who enjoy a quote unquote haunted house paranormal story. That one was definitely up there. Part two to this episode should talk about the significance of houses that go in a circle. There's more mm. than you would think out there. And I wonder yeah. if that has any like vortex properties or black hole. Um, I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, I mean we appreciate you opening up and sharing that. And I hope your family, you know, can find peace. And um it sounds like, you know, they you all have been through some type of paranormal experiences, which is like so wild. But a lot of the stories we hear, it's like one or two people in the entire family. But you all have really yeah. been through <laughs> it. With that, my name is Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. And I'm Danielle. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.